0: Welcome to week 55, all the balls, Jake Platter, all the way from Norton, Justin Miller, welcome to the show, Jake is in the other room, he's putting the lights on, and now we're ready to go, how you doing Jake? Good, illuminated. Looks good in here, looks better than ever, big show today, obviously 16 games in the NFL are completed, and uh, I can't do the math, but there's a lot more to go, so. Did it last week, I'm not doing it again. Yeah, yet. we're not doing it again. Wow, that computer's not fast. All right, so here we go. Thursday Night Football is starting tonight. We're going to get into all the games, as we always do, for Week 2. Got a big-time game tonight. Get Danny Jones and yeah, Taylor big Haneke. big-time game. The NFC Least. Kind of a shitty game, but whatever. It's Thursday Night Football. I think they still to the rule, like, last year. Every, Every single team had play. to play once. Yeah. So get the Giants and the Washington football team out of the way, I guess. That's how it goes. But, yeah, we'll be talking a lot. We'll be starting off with the Patriots game. We'll be talking some MLB playoff picks. Only a couple weeks to go with that. Talking some college football, no NHL this week, and then no NBA, really, because the NBA starting, you realize, I think one and a half weeks is training camp.
1: That's insane.
0: Which is crazy. Celtics roster is finalized with the signing of Juan- Carmelo Anthony. Hernan-Carmelo Gomez. Terrible signing, but nah, it might be good. It's not a signing.
1: We traded away a bunch of garbage.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about that different time. Don't want to talk about Traymon Waters too much on the show. Not
1: Traymon. I'm talking about
0: Edwards. But we got a big show- all right, for those of you that are listening, watching, commenting, whoever that was, Matthew Doran's already, he was getting ready for the show a couple hours ago. He
1: got his popcorn ready.
0: He already sent me his fantasy football question of the week. We'll did talk he? about that. Yeah, he did. All right. We'll talk about that, Matt, towards the end of the show, so hang in there. I'm
1: a fantasy expert.
0: He's in our league.
1: That's okay. I'll give him
0: advice. Is he, did he win? Yeah, you're 1-0. Oh. He beat someone.
1: Well, he's not the highest scorer in the league. He beat you, I think. I'm the highest scorer in
0: the league. Oh, so you didn't lose? No, I'm talking Who about talking ESPN.
1: oh yeah, I lost that by .06.
0: Yeah, then I think he'd be Yoshuk later.
1: I don't look at who I play.
0: Spinners Whip Nene is his name, but Matt, let us know. <laughs> Spinners Whip Nene. <nay>, <laughs> but all right, Patriots game. One down go one day one game down. One down duck. One Dame Lillard. One game down, and unfortunately, the Patriots got the loss in that game. We weren't expecting it. It was a pretty good game, I guess. Low scoring. Was it the lowest scoring game of the week? I think it might have been. 17-16. I don't know if there was a game with the less than 33 team points. The football and the Chargers was
1: close. I don't
0: remember. 20-16 it was. I think the Patriots game was the lowest scoring game of the week, actually. Wow. But, yeah, Patriots lost. 17-16. I was actually at the game. Got last-minute tickets. But, Jake, overall thoughts? We still get 16 games left. But your thoughts from week one's performance for the Patriots?
1: Well, the defense looked fine. They made some good plays. They forced some, uh, you know, turnovers. They forced a lot of pressure. So, I liked the defense. Um, and I thought Mac Jones looked good. I think you know, despite his first play backwards pass yeah. fumble, whatever the hell oh, that shitty. thing was, I was I was like, oh boy, here we go. Um, but other than that, I think he looked pretty calm. He made a lot of smart plays, not a, not many mistakes, and and really the mistakes came from other players, and it it cost us the game, but. You know, it's, it's a bunch of different guys that are, you know, that they've played some preseason, but this was really their first game together. All, like, you know, the receivers, the running backs, even some of the offensive line, and, and yeah. not to mention a quarterback's first game in the NFL. So, all in all,
0: got everything against us, and we lose by one point. I mean, we'll we'll get it back. Yeah, overall, I mean, how could you be happy with a loss? But the thing is, I heard this on the radio the other day, it's like, this is the most excited that Patriots fans have been after a loss, and I kind of see where they're coming from. I mean, you lose a game 17-16, but going in, we were used to Cam Newton for all of last season, and now we got a new rookie quarterback from Alabama, Mac Jones. We didn't know how good he was going to be. I know it's only one game, but the guy, he looked good. I mean, under pressure, the offensive line for the Patriots really wasn't too spectacular in this game, and he was making the throws. He, I think he had a couple bad throws. That one throw to Jacoby Myers on the side of the field could have been a first down, but besides from that, I'll give him a— a B plus for what he did, especially with it being his first regular season game. I mean, the good news is I think we really do have a quarterback. I think this kid's gonna be the real deal. Might yeah, be one yeah. one of the best quarterbacks from this draft. He looked really good in this game.
1: I don't think we're you know I don't I don't think we're gonna actively search for a new quarterback for a good amount of time. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's only been one game, so I can't say how good this guy's gonna be. But he looked promising. The player I was most excited about after the game. Which I'm very surprised to say this, it's actually two guys. But the one I was going to say at first was Nelson Aguilar. He was um, good, yeah. Good I really for this guy's whole career, I've seen him drop balls, and you know he's fast, but he's got no hands. And he made some great catches, and he got he got you know the the one touchdown from Jones, so he did good. And then I was a firm believer that Hunter Henry would be the guy here uh, as far as the the tight end tandem went. But Jonu Smith, I think, clearly looks like the better tight end.
0: Yeah, third play of the game, they actually gave him to gave him a handoff. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball for like five or six yards. But they
1: like Johnny.:
0: Yeah, going into the year, I said I think the Patriots offensive MVP is going to be Jonu. And again, we're, we're saying this all after only one game, but Johnny Smith had a very good game. And like you said, he was Nelson very
1: actively involved. And
0: Nelson Aguilar was very good too. The new guys look pretty good. And Hunter Henry wasn't that bad either. His blocking, he's more of a blocking tight end than Johnny Smith is, and he looked good as well doing that too. And he made I believe three catches for thirty-one yards. But Jonu, Nelson, Hunter Henry, the new guys all really look good. And on the defensive side of the ball, overall, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst game. Again, again, you only allow 17 points. That's a game you should win. Yeah. But overall, they got to do better defending the run. There were a lot of open holes. The defensive line wasn't that spectacular. We're going to go over our three ups and three downs in this couple minutes here. But overall, the defense needs to be a little bit better because the schedule is going to get a little harder from here on out. Again, the Jets aren't that hard, but you're going to be facing Tampa soon, New Orleans a couple other hard teams. And overall, especially without Stephon Gilmore, the secondary looked pretty good. JC Jackson, Mills, Jonathan Jones against these, the guys, Jalen um, Waddle and Devontae Parker. looked very good. Yeah, Waddle was good for his first career game, too. And,
1: you know, you're talking about the upcoming schedule. I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the first game of the year because there's a lot of football left to be played. But... I really feel that looking ahead, this game was a must win that we did not win. Um, yeah, it's a divisional game. It's too. a little concerning for me because, yeah, I think I think we're going to beat the Jets. I really am not like so certain, but I think we're going to beat the Jets. We should beat the Jets. I have very little faith that we're going to beat the Saints or that we're going to beat Tampa Bay. Um, and you know that puts me at one in three early in the year. It, that's a lot of adversity for a team that thrives on defense to to overcome. And if we lose to the Jets, I zero and four is a death sentence. It's over. J- yeah. Just as it started, it's over.
0: After that Tampa Bay game, you better hope that we're the worst two and two.
1: I don't think we will be.
0: I don't. Know. Well, first let's I, get. I get, really,
1: I don't think we're gonna beat New Orleans. They got too much power.
0: I will see again. James had a big week, five touchdowns too. But going back to the Patriots game, that real was against quick.
1: the Packers.
0: Going back to the Pats game, Damian Harris again. He had a great game. He, what, fifth in the league in rushing yards?
1: 23 for 100. 23
0: for 100, and it's just unlike him to fumble the ball at that time of the game. Again, maybe he was tired, giving the ball so much, but again, even him after the game, he said there's no excuses. You've got to move on to the next week, and he's a guy that doesn't fumble that much either, so it was shocking to see that. And the defense had a chance to stop him at the end of the game, and they just couldn't get it done. So overall, a game that the Patriots really should have won because they were at the, what, the 11 or 10-yard line when Harris fumbled that ball. And yeah, it, from looked, there on out, it looked like our over. game to lose. But, yeah, it was unfortunate to see them lose, especially by one point there. Mac Jones does look really good. We're going to be doing this on the show. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But maybe every week, three ups and three downs from the game. I know Jake didn't really – didn't prepare for this segment too much. But here we go. You want to start with the ups or the downs? Downs. All right. So my number one down from this game. First down. First down. Yeah, first down. My number one down from this game for the Patriots, Dante Hightower. This is a guy that the Patriots need to depend on all season long. He's the the middle linebacker. And this is a guy, to me, I was at the game, I think he had four or five tackles, but I really did not see him stand out that much. This is a guy that I think had a very poor game. He really didn't command the ball that much on the field. He was on the sideline for the last series, which is very unlike Bill Belichick. And overall, I know he's getting older and stuff like that. They got new linebackers, but Dante she Hightower, is a, yeah, we might get to him in a couple minutes, but... Dante Hightower is a guy, to me, that needs to step up, especially in the opening game, and I did not see him on the field once for an impact play. So he's my number one down. Okay. You want to go or do you want to? Yeah, I'll give
1: you a down. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) My number one down is going to be Kendrick Bourne. Talk about all the, the new faces that got involved and made plays. Kendrick Bourne was left out. Now, I get he had a couple good, good-looking good plays that were called back on flags, but when I look back in 10 years, I'm not going to say, oh, there was a flag on that 25-yard catch. I'm going to say, this guy didn't do anything. Catch so, the ball. That's right. So, I feel like Kendrick Bourne was at least, you know, put into this light that he was – the bigger, the bigger grab here over Aguilor. Like, it was Kendrick Bourne, and then we also got Aguilor. Um, and I really am not seeing it that way after one week. I think Aguilor made a much larger impact. He was getting open far more often. And I think they played a very similar amount of, of snaps. So it wasn't yeah, like Aguilor had all this opportunity, and Bourne didn't. So I'd like to see Bourne get more involved. Uh, I, I think that week one was a failure for him.
0: All right, number two down for me is Isaiah Wynn. That guy sucks. I don't, think, I don't think he's ever been that good. Again, this is one of your starting tackles, and Trent Brown actually went down in the first series of the game, so the offensive line was hurt as it was, and then you got to depend on the other side of the ball, and Isaiah Wynn, to me, poor protection in the passing game, poor protection in the run game, and I know the offensive line, oh, it's not, it's not uh, too exciting to discuss this, but Isaiah Wynn, when the other tackle goes down, you better step up, and I didn't see him step up in this game once. Mac Jones' protection wasn't too great, and he still did had a good game. Yeah. Down down number two. <laughs> down number two. Um. Mm, Something popping up.
1: Down number two, I'm going to go with the overall play calling of the New England Patriots. Ooh, yeah, I don't think Josh McDaniels had a great game. No, I I don't think McDaniels had a great game. Were you expecting me to say that? No, but I was thinking. No, you that. weren't. So good. Um It the the game was Played as I expected it, which to me means that the other team's defense was clearly prepared for it. Um, there was a lot of running, which I I figured would happen in a, in a rookie quarterback's first game, but they I really never saw Mac. Try to unleash that ball. I, did he really throw a deep ball? I don't. I don't know if he threw like one deep ball. No, he didn't.
0: I mean, he threw one to Aguilar, which is a nice pass, but but, nice from
1: but other like I'd like to see the guy take some shots. And and it was all dump offs. It was all short routes running. You know, check down tight end James White. So, I would like to see them open it up a little. I you know it. I I I think it's fair to say that the Patriots are not playing for a Super Bowl right now. So. I would like to see them take some chances and and figure out what we're really capable of.
0: Yeah, it was really weird. They started off with a run, and then they really went away from the run in the second half, and then they went to the pass. It was was a weird game by McDaniels overall. Mm -hmm. Down number three for me is Lawrence Guy. Your starting defensive tackle, I didn't see that much pressure on Tua at all in this game. I know you could go a number of ways with this. Detrich Wise didn't have a good game. Chase Winovich didn't have a great game. Meanwhile, he wasn't on the field that much. But Lawrence Guy is your starting defensive tackle. Your best defensive tackle, when you need to win game one, week one, you need to have more pressure on Tua Tagovailoa. And I didn't see a lot of pressure on him at all in this game. And that all starts with Lawrence Guy for me in the middle, and he didn't do a good job at stopping the run either.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think that overall the defense played fine. You know, we only allowed 17 points. But I I think that, you know, we were expecting a a real dominant, scary unit, and that's not what we got. We got more of a bend-don't-break
0: type team. So that's number three.
1: Yeah, Perfect. sure. That's fine.
0: All right. Going up down, uh, going up to the three ups. Going ups to the ups. Going up to the ups, number one. I mean, you got to go with Mac Jones here. There were, there were a lot of guys that were good in right. this game. It was his first game. But to me, Mac Jones, he wasn't unbelievable, but he did what he had to do for them to win the game. And he made, he made yeah, his they passes. Didn't, they did
1: not lose because of him. They
0: didn't lose because of Mac. He made his passes. He made maybe a couple of mistakes that really didn't cost him too much. The pressure was in his face for a large portion of the game and he looked unbelievable. He looked pretty calm. Being a rookie quarterback in the pocket with a lot of those throws. So Mac Jones is my number one up.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Jones had a had a good game for his first game of his career. He threw a touchdown. He wasn't, you know, reckless with the ball. Um I think he made a lot of the right decisions and he he um was smart with it. Very good in the pocket for uh, like you said, not the strongest offensive line. Uh an up for me, I, I briefly mentioned him already, is james white um so that's number two yeah i I really was not um expecting him to be so involved, I guess you know i didn't I didn't really think about it too much that he probably is the second running back on our depth chart now, yeah, um yeah. and there's really no no Burkehead anymore like that that competition for the same types of touches, but he was like super involved, like he had like five catches, I think he had like five carries, but like I wasn't expecting James White to get ten touches I, at this point in his career, but as I, as I said, you know, a little bit when I was talking about the play calling, it was a lot of check down and a lot of, you know, short yardage type plays. And that's really where James White thrives. So I was
0: excited to see how how good he was. All right. So James White might hear that name one more time. But up number two for me. Going to the defensive side of the ball, a guy by the name of Matthew Judon. Mm. When they needed a tackle. hit on Tua. Yeah, when they needed a hit, when they needed a tackle, when they needed a linebacker to step up. It wasn't high tower. Kyle Vannoy also had a good game. But when they needed a big-time tackle, when they needed a big-time stop, Matthew Judon came to play in his first game with the Patriots. I said it at the beginning of the year. I think he's going to be the best defensive player on this team. And after week one, that is exactly what I was expecting. This guy has a chance to be an absolute beast and lead the team in tackles.
1: Yeah. I think he looked great. Um, like I said, he uh, he got a big—the play where uh, the secondary picked off Tua, that, that ball that got tipped around to, like, four oh, the yeah. guys, that was because of Judon.
0: What? The, yeah, he crushed Tua. He
1: absolutely crushed Tua in the cleanest way possible. Um, but it forced Tua to make a throw that he shouldn't have, and, and it caused a turnover. So, I mean, you know, people see who caught the ball, and they say, oh, what a great play. But uh, Judon made that play happen.
0: Yeah, he definitely did.
1: Um, he, he looks great. And, and I think that he's already earning his
0: money. And up number three for me is James White. Exactly what Jake said. I had James White. Again, this guy's getting older. He's not going to – I didn't think he would get the ball as much as he did in this game. But when they needed a big-time pass or at least, to, at least to keep the drive alive, James White caught the ball. He got every ball that was thrown to him. He ran the ball a couple times, and he's the only running back that didn't fumble. So James White, he had a good game.
1: Congratulations. Brandon Bolden didn't fumble either.
0: Did he run the ball? Yeah, maybe once. So, yeah, James, what, did you say number three? No. I already know who it's going to be. Nelson
1: Aguilar. Yeah, we already talked about Aguilar. Um Aguilar and Johnu Smith. I'll, I'll credit it to the new additions that aren't uh, Kendrick Bourne.
0: All right, new additions. Congrats. All right, so those are your three ups and three downs. That's your quick recap of the Patriots' week one loss. Hopefully they get back at it this week in New Jersey. All right, it was an interesting week one. A lot of interesting things happened. A couple of things that surprised us didn't surprise us. I said three things that surprised us from the week. I didn't even think of them. Actually, I, I know one of them that really did.
1: You want three surprises from the week? Yeah.
0: Well, my first surprise from week one.
1: Let's go with the obvious one. The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. I, I don't want to overreact to this because I think that they're still the best team in their division. I think they're still a threat to to you know make some noise in the playoffs, but... Aaron Rodgers looked disinterested. I feel like it happens like at least once a year where he just, you know, they go down a score or two and all of a sudden he's, you know, saying whatever and just slinging balls downfield hoping right. that, that they land in his guy's hands. And if they don't, he says, well, we were already down, so the game's over. And, and he, he just gives up. I mean, he stopped playing like in the third quarter. They put in uh, love. So
0: Yeah, they were, all, they were gone after the second quarter. Yeah,
1: so I mean, I don't. I, I'm not going like to overreact to it, but I was definitely surprised that they got beat bad. Like, it was really bad.
0: Yeah, so that was definitely a big surprise. I mean, especially for Green Bay not to have a touchdown. With, I know, right? With that type of offense. I mean, it is one week. We'll see what happens. They have a big game coming up in week two, mm-hmm. which they should probably murder Detroit, but we'll see what I happens. I got a
1: surprise. There.
0: Another one? Yeah. What is it? The Detroit Lions.
1: I This game was bizarre. Um, I don't know if the 49ers just, like, decided to stop trying at some point in the game because they were completely murdering the Detroit Lions, and then all of a sudden the Lions actually had a chance to tie the game.
0: They had two onside um, kicks they recovered. Two
1: onside kick recoveries. There was, like, one all of last year. Um, it, it is getting harder and harder to recover kicks, and they did it twice. Um, they were down, like, 35 to, like, 10 or yeah, something Yeah, and like the final that. was, what, 41-33? 41-33, and they, and they had the ball. What was the
0: spread, 7.5? nine
1: um they they had the ball with a chance to tie the game they they were going out getting two-point conversions they they were doing everything and I I don't think the Lions are going to be a good team this year but I was definitely surprised you know when I looked up and said oh yeah the 49ers are doing what they're supposed to and then I looked up you know an hour later and said really is this about to happen it was kind of crazy
0: yeah so that was definitely a surprise another surprise to me Happened during Monday Night Football. I went into that game thinking the Ravens, they're going to come out. That was
1: an out. incredible game.
0: That was, def- that was the game of the week, actually. It had to be the That game was the, of the best week.
1: game of the week by far.
0: That was a crazy Somebody game. Somebody
1: upstairs knows what they're doing when they set that schedule.
0: There were two overtime games and that one and then the Cincinnati game as Both well. Both were good games. But that game, I went in thinking the Ravens could win probably by at least double digits. Lamar Jackson was going to run all over the Raiders' defense. And the surprise to me really came the way that Derek Carr played in that game. He oh looked very God. good. He Derek led, Carr was awesome. He
1: led a... Field goal tying drive with thirty-eight seconds left in the game, no timeouts.
0: Yeah, it looked pretty easy. And that Baltimore defense isn't that bad either. I mean, Darren Waller was good. Judon. Yeah, two baddies with us. But Waller was good and especially on those co- those fantastic. last couple of drives. Derek Harton made those throws that he needed to make and he made some spectacular throws in the one in overtime. Zay Jones wide open in the end zone. But that was easy. That game I just have made that. That one. game flipped and turned a ton of times in the last couple of minutes. Between Carlson kicking the game, tying field with a force overtime. Lamar Jackson fumbling two times. He got to take better care of that football this week. But overall, I'm surprised that the Raiders actually won that game.
1: I'm definitely surprised. But as I said when the season uh, was just getting started and we were talking about you know where we saw these teams finishing at the end of the year, the Raiders will beat a bunch of teams they shouldn't and they'll lose to every team they shouldn't. They are the most up-and-down team in the league. They can show up on a week like this and beat a Baltimore Ravens team that everybody thought was going to kill them. And then the next week they, you know who they playing? they're going to play the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. That's not a great example. They could play like, they could play a team like the Falcons and take a, take a loss. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Um, It really is that kind of year for the Raiders every single
0: season. And then, yeah, so the Raiders we will see, I I just don't have the highest hopes for them, but they get a tough game coming up this week. And then I was thinking of my third surprise. They were, I mean, there weren't a ton of close games in this one, but... Come on, there's got to be a surprise there. I know I know what I can say. I was actually... I, I went off the beaten path a little bit. I was surprised that all of the ro- main rookie quarterbacks actually got into action this week.
1: Yeah, even Trey Lance.
0: Even Justin Fields. Justin Fields got a touchdown. We knew Mac Jones would play. We knew Trevor Lawrence would play. We know Zach Wilson. Those are the starters, but then... Kyle Trask. Kyle Tr- yeah, Kyle Trask didn't come in for Brady. Not even for a nil down, because it was a two-point game. But Justin Fields got in. And Trey Lance got in, and they both had touchdowns. So I was surprised that they even got an action this game.
1: I could give you a surprise. The Tennessee Titans, I know you're not as high on them as I am. Yeah, I wasn't
0: expecting a blow like that. But they
1: got absolutely beat by the Arizona Cardinals. And I get it. The Cardinals are a really good team, or at least we think so. Um, And I'm fine with that. I think the Cardinals winning isn't, like, the surprise here.
0: Yeah, getting their asses kicked. It's the
1: defense, honestly. Like, I, I figured the Cardinals would be, like a real gunslinging, like, we're going to outscore you type team and the right. defense would be decent. But the defense looked fantastic. Like, Derrick Henry had, like, 30 yards. And in the first half, he had, like, nine yards. Like, it was terrible. It was good. Julio hardly touched the ball. Chandler Jones had five sacks. Chandler Jones had five sacks. So, like, Tennessee more than Arizona, just very surprising to me. Like, I'm not that surprised by Arizona's performance. I'm surprised that Tennessee let it happen to them yeah. and, not, and not somebody else.
0: But yeah, overall, I mean, it was a good week one. Obviously, the Thursday night game was great. The Monday night game was great. The Sunday yep. night game kind of sucked. But overall, it was a good week. Patriots played a close game. And then besides from that, the Cleveland-Kansas City game was also good as well. That was a
1: great game. But there's going to be... That game went yeah, that exactly was game. as I said it would.
0: What? Well, Kansas City would blow them out and Cleveland...
1: No, Cleveland would take a lead. And then Kansas City would have to come back and win.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's, what, that's exactly I mean, what happened. That's what Patty Mahomes does. He knows how to come back from leads. And then the Minnesota-Cincy game going to OT. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Jake said this. Jake called on Jacksonville-Lewis, but I wasn't expecting for Houston to friggin blow um, the doors off of Jackson. I,
1: I didn't expect that either, but I knew Houston would win that game.
0: Yeah, that was a blowout. So, and I knew
1: Cincinnati would win that game. Um,
0: yeah, Jake. We'll, we'll talk about this after, but going into week two, Jake's 10-6, and six, and I went 9-7. So Jake got one game on me. It's going to be a big week, too. We'll go over this yeah, at the end of the show. This is where I, This is where I create the gap. We'll see what happens there. And then before we talk baseball for a couple seconds, the rookie quarterbacks this week again, we can't talk too much about Fields and Trey Lance because they barely played, but when they got in, they both got touchdowns. So they, they both look good. Jones. And then Mac Jones looked good. Overall thoughts, Zach Wilson. Again, they, they didn't play a good game, Wilson but I don't think like he was the that worst bad.
1: One. I mean, he was, yeah, he wasn't that bad. But I'm more disappointed in Lawrence than I am Wilson. Um,
0: what, for losing? Yeah,
1: I mean, you got all this hype around Trevor Lawrence, and they were actually the favorite to win the game, and Houston is not good. Like, their offense is probably the better part of their team, and it's not good. Their defense is terrible. And Trevor Lawrence, like, did not look good. He threw, like, a bad interception. He threw three
0: picks, I think, yeah. yeah he
1: threw, like, a, one really bad one. The defense had its way with them, and he— and If that's happening against the Texans, I don't know what to expect from them moving forward. Yeah, because
0: the schedule, I mean, obviously you've got another game against the Texans, but they don't have the easiest schedule in the world either. The Colts and Titans still going to play two times. No,
1: they're going to get beat bad a few times this And that
0: offensive line is not good either, but Trevor Lawrence still made some poor decisions there. And then Zach Wilson again. We're going to see what happens this week with his battle against Mac Jones.
1: Yeah, I kind of knew the Panthers were just going to beat up on the Jets.
0: It was only 19-14, right?
1: Yeah, but it was like, it was a late nine, touchdown. It was like 19-0 or and something. And
0: Corey Davis had a good week. But besides from that... Yeah, Zach Wilson... None of the rookie quarterbacks yeah, looked terrible. Yeah, Zach
1: Wilson a couple touchdowns.
0: Yeah, but besides from that... The offensive line for them sucks too. So this is going to be an interesting week too... To see what he does against a very good Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. But that's the story with the rookie quarterbacks. Alright. About 25 minutes into the show now. We're going to have to get to some baseball. Because we're already... As Connor would like to say... It's the witching hour. No, that was Scott Hansen from Red Zone. Yeah. But we got... Two weeks left in the baseball season right now, and there's a whole lot of shit going on. Yep. Like it's starting to get really interesting. Jake's headed to Fenway Park tom- tomorrow. Yeah, so Jake. If it doesn't rain, supposed to. Yeah.
1: So Chris Jake, Sale.
0: if it doesn't rain, is headed to Fenway Park tomorrow to see Chris Sale coming back from COVID. Starting tomorrow against a shitty Baltimore Orioles team, but
1: no hitter, baby.
0: Perfect game. But right now we're gonna go through the standings real quickly because two weeks left to go. In baseball, it's, it's really weird. Only eight teams make the playoffs. Well, actually ten now, but only eight technically get in. Ten teams qualify to make it. But let's go through what's going on right now, starting with the National League. NL East, Atlanta Braves have a three-and-a-half game lead on the Philadelphia Phillies, five-and-a-half on the Mets. We don't need to talk about the Marlins and Nationals because they suck. But How many games are left? They're with, I know the Red Sox have 14 left. I mean, you So usually, there's about 14, 15 games left for every team. I don't
1: think the Mets are even a— Worth a discussion?
0: No, it, Philly's three and a half that's, back of Atlanta. Even
1: that's hard.
0: Yeah, I don't think Atlanta is going to lose this division. That's
1: hard. Three and a half games in in fifteen is is tough.
0: Yeah, especially the way Philly's been playing lately. They're what four and six in their last ten. They haven't been consistent all season if, long. If
1: you got a, a three and a half or four game lead, you just got to go like five hundred the rest of the way, and you're you're not going to get caught.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the Phillies need to win probably ten or eleven. In the well, last that's exactly right. It's going to be hard. That most of these divisions are over. You know, honestly, all these divisions, except for one, are really over. So the NL East is pretty much over. Again, the Phillies could catch him, but probably not. Moving on to the Central, Milwaukee has a 12-and-a-half game lead on second place St. Louis. That game's over. That division's over. And then the most interesting division right now is the NL West. San Francisco's 95-51. and They're going to win 100 games unless something wrong happens. But the Dodgers are only one-and-a-half games back of San Francisco. And right now, it's between those two to win the West. And at at the All-Star break, I said San Francisco. There's no way that they're going to keep this up for the whole season. Jake thought they are going to win. Series. Right now, I honestly don't know. I could see this going either way. It's a one-and-a-half game lead. The Dodgers have the best roster in baseball. They've won six games in a row. Yeah, but they're not playing the
1: Giants the rest of the way, are they?
0: No, I think – I don't even know if they play them again. I'll check. But I think maybe three games. But right if now – If they
1: play each other, that's the biggest series of the year.
0: Yeah, the Dodgers, they play the Reds. Again, it's been close the whole way, but the Giants have been in the lead. Yeah, they don't play each other again. The Dodgers end with the Brewers, which could be an interesting series.
1: Not if the Brewers just rest everybody.
0: Yeah, and the Dodgers are playing for something. Well, obviously the Dodgers have already qualified for the playoffs. Just right. a matter of winning the division or not. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Moving on to the American League, Tampa Bay Rays have pretty much had this division owned for the last three or four weeks now. They have an eight game lead on Toronto, Boston, and the Yankees, which is the best division in baseball. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. The wild card race is nuts in the American League, but Tampa Bay's already won that division. The Central, the White Sox have an eleven game lead on the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland gonna be Guardians. So that division's over. And then the American League West, Houston's up six and a half on Oakland. So I'd say that's over as well. Yeah. But the interesting part is the wild card. Let's see if anyone's commenting anything interesting. Connor Howe, what up, Connor Howe? Haley Richardson. All the, she spelled balls wrong. Haley, it's an ass. Oh, I know. She was trying to be fancy. I get it. Fancy? Um, Connor said, the Cardinals hold a wild card spot at the moment. He, Connor, we're going to get to that in about two minutes here. American League wild card race right now is unbelievable. Thanks for the likes, Jake. Haley got two likes. She must be popular. Oh, Paige. Oh, my God. I didn't know Paige was listening, too. Shout out to Paige. I saw you at Bass Pro Shops last week. All right. American League wild card race. We have a three-way tie right now. At, for, for the top? Toronto and the Yankees are both 82 and 64. The Boston Red Sox are 83 and 65. And then Oakland and Seattle are 3 and 4 up. But right now, one of these three teams is going to miss.
1: Yeah, good call. It could be two of those three teams.
0: Who, between Toronto, the Yankees, and Boston? Yeah, it could. I mean, if Oakland and Seattle catch up. It could. But I, I've never seen anything like this. A three team race are only at the top.
1: 1 against Baltimore right now.
0: Oh, that's still going on. Yeah, so the Red Sox and the Blue Jays need the Yankees to lose. I don't think the Blue Jays play tonight. But Red Sox are also off tonight. But still, this is a wacky race in the American League right now. The Red Sox still have a big three-game series coming up over the weekend against the Yankees. I don't know if the Yankees play the Blue Jays again. I'm going to check that real quick. But, Jake, if you had to guess right now, how do you think this American League wildcard race is going to shake out?
1: Well, I think that uh, the Blue Jays are the team that's going to miss.
0: Yankees play the Blue Jays one more time.
1: Yeah, I think that this is really going to be dictated by the Yankees. They they get to play the Sox and the Blue Jays and I think that the Blue Jays are going to miss out here. Um, I think the Red Sox can hold their own a little better than than Toronto can against New York. So I think that the top spots probably going to go to the Yankees and then Ugh. the the Sox are going to be
0: headed to New York. Um. I'm gonna mostly agree with Jake, except I think the team that's gonna miss is Toronto. Even though that that's lineup, yeah, that lineup scares the living shit out of me because that lineup is dangerous from top to bottom. Vladimir Guerrero hitting home runs every other night, Marcus Semien almost with forty home runs, and then they're pitching starting rotation's awesome. The reason why I think the Blue Jays are gonna miss the playoffs is because that bullpen shits the bed about every other night when they lose. That bullpen sucks; might be the worst bullpen in up. the league, and they need to step up, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Going to the Yankees, mm-hmm. another lineup that scares me. Connor thinks the Yankees are going to miss the playoffs because he's been down on them for pretty much the whole season. And then the Boston Red Sox, as much as it's been an inconsistent second half of the season, the Red Sox still have six games against the Baltimore Orioles and three against the Washington Nationals. So nine of their last 14 games are against teams that are at least 25 games below 500. Sox should win about six or seven of those nine games. The Yankee series is crucial. They still got two games against the Mets left, but overall... I think just because the reason we play Baltimore six times, I think we're going to win five of those games at least. I think we have the easiest schedule from here on out. And yeah. I agree with Jake. It's going to be us against the Yankees in the wild card game with the Red Sox getting the home field advantage. Wow. Okay. But right now, baseball, two weeks left. Moving on to the NL wild card, which is actually, it's still crazy. There's I mean, about we know five. Who, we know
1: who's going to be at the number one spot. Yeah. The
0: teams are fighting. Well, actually, it's the teams are going
1: to be the, the Dodgers or the Giants.
0: Yeah, the Dodgers or the Giants will be the number one spot. Dodgers almost have 100 wins. But right now, there's four teams fighting for the number two. You could say five, but the Mets are five games back. Right now, St. Louis is in the playoff picture for the first time this season.
1: Yeah, but it won't be them. I don't think it will be them. It's going to be the Padres. And then
0: San Diego's a game out. Cincinnati's a game, Cincinnati sucks right now. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10. And then Philly's three back.
1: I got the Padres here.
0: Yeah, I got the Padres too. They're a very good defensive team. The Padres are my pick so
1: they're to scrape out some
0: wins to make the playoffs. Cincinnati, I don't have any confidence in. St. Louis is the team that's in it right now, but they just beat the Mets up for a three-game series. Who so the Mets have been very inconsistent this season, mm-hmm. and I'd be surprised if it wasn't San Diego with Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. mashing the ball yeah. this year.
1: MVP caliber players, solid defensive team. They got a chance to to win a game too.
0: Yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. My mom wants to ask if we asked. God, for forgiveness today. God, could I forgive forgiveness, please? All right, I just asked him. But, um, oh, yeah, for those of you that are Jewish, happy New Year, happy Yom Kippur, break the fast. You already broke the fast? No. Oh, you haven't? You must be starving. You haven't eaten today yet? I had, I had a little snack
1: before I came over, but because I didn't want to sit all night and not eat.
0: Have you at least drank some water? You want water? You want to break the fast in the show? I mean, are you serious? I'm okay. Jesus, I'd be dying if I was usually I, I don't eat every year, but today I was I was out to eat. I'm like, I just have to eat. I saw food at the table over for me. This 300 pound lady was mowing down some buffalo mac and cheese, and I'm like, I just gotta get something in my mouth, so I did. But that's my break the fast story. I saw a
1: woman mowing down some buffalo mac and cheese. And, and, I, and I thought I had to get something in my mouth.
0: And <laughs> I'm starving. Nice. You should you should have seen the looks of this mac and cheese. Whew, phenomenal. Yeah. And then you know it's funny, I got it. I actually got it, yeah. Funny story, but um, yeah. Yom Kippur, cool story. Rosh Hashanah. Thank you for listening. Purim. Purim. What even is Purim? Uh, that's the one with the oh, the tent.
1: No, that's oh, Sukkot. That's so <laughs> oh yeah.
0: See, I'm not. I'm not too Jewish. Purim is with Haman. Uh, Haman. John Haman. No, he's an MLB reporter. All right, so that's the story with the wild card races right now. The Red Sox again. They're off tonight. They start a three game series. Against Baltimore tomorrow, if you turn on your TVs, you might see him on the screen. I got on TV last time. You did? Oh, yeah, I did too. We were at the game together. That was funny. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the MLB playoff picture with about two weeks to go right now. Real quickly, front runners for MVP, front runners for Cy Young. The Cy Young Award in the American League right now, I, I say it's going to come down to Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, for those of you who don't know, pitcher for the Jays. Garrett Cole pitcher for the Yankees. Those two have been very, very solid this season. Yep. If the season ended today, I'm gonna have to go with Garrett Cole mm-hmm. for the Cy Young, just because I think he's the be- better pitcher overall. But again, if the Blue Jays do beat out the Yankees for that last wild card spot, yeah, I wouldn't if, be surprised if Robbie Ray gets that um gets the Cy Young. And then on the other side for the NL Cy Young, there's about three or four guys in the picture right now. You got Give it a Scherzer. Scherzer, I believe, is the front runner right now yeah, just because Scherzer of how awesome he's nasty. been. He hasn't lost since he's been pitching with the Dodgers. But again. I could see I could see the award going to Corbin Burns, the Milwaukee Brewers. He's been phenomenal this mm-hmm. season. Zach Wheeler's been good for the Phillies, but again, I think it really affects the Phillies that they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So Scherzer's been great. Another Scherzer guy. has
1: been nasty.
0: He's been lights out since showing the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's been lights out is Julio Ureas. He leads the majors with 18 wins this season. So, wow. again, the Dodgers are a team that's going to reach 100 wins. So either one of those guys could be in consideration for it. And but we haven't even mentioned Walker Buehler yet. Aren't
1: wins a little skewed bad of a stat
0: why cuz ERA matters more N-
1: well yeah i think i think ERA matters more yeah it does like your your wins are are almost dependent on your team having good like relieving pitchers as well
0: yeah but again cuz they
1: don't don't the don't they lose the win if the team loses the lead
0: yeah if it's tied up so and that's
1: not his fault if they're not in the game anymore if he's not in the game anymore and the team gives up the lead it's not his fault
0: yeah i know but i mean a lot of these times you're not going to see like a a shitty pitcher with a 17 and eight record or something like that but no again,
1: no but you might see a good pitcher with like a 500 record if they have terrible relievers
0: yeah easily like zach Willis, he's been one of the four or five best pitchers in the national league and i guarantee you his record's like close to i think he has like three more wins than he has losses zach will is like a top five pitcher in the national league right now and he's yeah, he has a 13 and 9 record with a 286 right, so yard, like right?
1: that, that, that's not a good stat for me
0: Yes. I mean, overall, the National League race, there's four or five guys that are in consideration for it. And it probably shares of the front runner right now. The American League's a little less open than that. But Cy Young Award race, the American League's really only down to two candidates at the moment. You got Shohei Ohtani and Vladimir Guerrero. MVP. and The, the MVP, I mean. And the front runner right now is Ohtani because he pitches, he hits, he hits home runs. But,
1: yeah, but Guerrero's Guerrero, like almost a triple crown guy. Yeah, Guerrero's
0: almost a triple crown guy. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's over, Ohtani's going to win it, and... I don't know. I think Guerrero really still has a shot.
1: I think Otani definitely is the leader here, but yeah, I, I don't like the disrespect on Guerrero. The kid's like 23 or something too. Like yeah, he's, the guy's younger than us. Yeah.
0: He's got, he's nasty. Yeah, he is. and that, So it's going to come down to those two guys. And Otani pitches, so I think it's a little... Yeah. And Guerrero doesn't pitch, so I don't think you should backlash him for not being able to pitch because most of these guys can't. No, but that's... That's how yeah, it goes. Yeah,
1: yeah but you're going to knock otani because he can do something other people can't
0: no and, he, and it's not like he's pitching shit he's a good pitcher too so yeah otani's only batting like 260 on the season as well so I, I, it's I mean, probably gonna he, go to otani cranks the ball yeah he's nasty and then national league side of things this is where i start getting a little nervous and i watch tatis. every i check the box score for the padres games every night trust me there's jake knows why i'm not gonna discuss it but yeah right now fernando tatis actually i saw something i really didn't like to see like an hour ago I looked at the MLB award ladder, and right now it says Harper's 1, Tatis' is 2, which would really suck for me. But right now it looks like it's going to come down to Harper and Fernando Tatis. Yeah, and then they have Turner and Scherzer. Can a pitcher win MVP? Yeah, it doesn't happen often. But right now it looks like it's between Harper and Tatis.
1: How does a pitcher win MVP when they only play one of five games?
0: They'd have to be, like, sick. Yeah, like multiple
1: no-hitters. Yeah, like four or five games. I don't think a pitcher should ever win MVP. I mean, How can you be most valuable player if you only play a fifth of the games? I mean, Otani pitches. Yeah, he also DHs for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he should be able to, but guess what? That's how the rule is. Overall, I like it. it's Otani. I mean, not Otani. It's Tatis and Harper. Mr. Bryce Harper. It says Harper is number one right now, but I really don't believe it. His average is better, but Tatis is banging home runs. His RBI total is way higher than Harper's. Yeah. He has 28 stolen bases, I'm guessing, this season. And then he's also he's also moved from the infield to the outfield as well, and he's done a phenomenal job in the outfield. Harper's a guy that only can play the outfield. Yep. Harper's average is higher, but looking at the stats total, I think the award should go to Fernando Tatis. Connor likes Degrom. I like Degrom too, but guess what? He hasn't played that much this season. Degrom's a great pitcher. My front runner for the National League award is Fernando Tatis Junior. No doubt about it. Again, Harper. Harper's having a great second half of the season. No no credit gone to that. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting last couple weeks. All right, moving on to college football. Jake, only two weeks have gone by in this. Have you seen any, any games, any surprises, any players that have surprised you so far along these this two weeks? Well,
1: I mean, it's hard to say that these you know, championship-caliber teams are surprising. But I've been even more impressed than I thought I'd be with Georgia. Now nice. you were the only one or I was the only one that thought Georgia was gonna beat Clemson. Yeah. They did. Then they switched quarterbacks and the kid looked incredible.
0: Oh yeah, he was good. They were they were what like What's his name? JT Daniels. Yeah.
1: Name? They were like twenty two point favorites and they won by fifty. Yeah. That that's I mean, you you know, you're still a big favorite, but that's huge. Um Georgia looks like like the team to beat right now and, and that's that's saying something when alabama is the team to beat every single year
0: yeah georgia was on my list again they they have two different quarterbacks that are both very good they can play they have a great defense they've had a great defense for a long time under that head coach and then their running running games good as well they're a team that's expected to be good but they look pretty dominant in their games that they played so far yeah a team that surprised me by the way they played especially last game was the oregon ducks i mean if connor's still listening to the show i know he thought ohio state was going to win But that quarterback on Oregon.
1: That game was crazy. For those
0: of you that don't know, Anthony Brown, the quarterback from Oregon, is a transfer from Boston College, and he wasn't great when he was at BC. He's transformed his whole game. He runs the ball a lot better now. He has a much better sense for when he's in the pocket. He's a much better passer overall, and he carved that defense for Ohio State, and that defense is pretty good. Oregon's definitely surprised me.
1: Ohio State is an offensive minded unit. Yeah, but they're a
0: better defense than that.
1: Yeah.
0: And Anthony Brown's a guy that I wasn't too high when he was on BC, but then. He came into that game, and I I thought Ohio State was going to win. I agreed with Connor, but then Anthony Brown shined. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. He looked really good. Fifth quarter. Another team that, yeah, fifth quarter. Another team that surprised me a little bit so far, Iowa. They came into the year expecting to be a pretty good team, but they came in opening week, week one. They beat the living hell out of Indiana, and Indiana's not a terrible team. And then they just beat Iowa State. I believe it was the number nine and number ten teams in the country. Iowa was number ten, but they beat Iowa State. They looked pretty good in that game, so... Iowa to me looks like one of the top five teams in the country right now, and that wasn't wow. wasn't something I was expecting to say. They're wow. always good in basketball, mm-hmm. but they look good. Couple teams that disappointed me so far: Ohio State, like I mentioned. I mean, yep. Connor, you're listening. They, they didn't look good in that game at all. They had no chance. You thought they were gonna? No, you thought they were gonna lose, right?
1: I thought they'd win going into the game, but I, I really, as soon as I saw them playing, I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be a long game.
0: Yeah, they didn't look too good. And then another team that's disappointing me so far: Florida State. I mean. Who the hell was it they just lost to? Week one, they played a game that they didn't look too good. Their defense was absolutely brutal. And they just lost to a team that they they were never supposed to lose to. I forget who it is right now. But Florida State's a team that had higher expectations going into the season. But they just came out and lost to Jacksonville State. I mean, come on. You lose to Jacksonville State, a team that I believe Florida State was a 17.5 point favorite over. Oh,
1: yeah. And they got a bad rap with Notre
0: Dame. And then Notre Dame beat them in overtime. They almost came back and won that game. But... Florida State, so far, they've looked pretty brutal in those first couple of games, and again you, you can't lose to Jacksonville State especially if you're a team from no. the a c c
1: no, definitely not I mean that's going that 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 game very possibly lost them any chance they had at a legitimate playoff berth.
0: yeah you can't go like, in and lose that game you can't
1: lose you can't lose that game and expect to get there now that might this game might cost them a bowl
0: game later who knows Oh, it definitely could. And then the final team for me that's surprising me so far, a team that I just mentioned, another ACC team, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're always pretty dominant.
0: Yeah. they're No, they surprised me. Like I don't think they'd be... This good? No, they, they didn't play that good in these first those first two games. The game against Florida State... What's the record? They're 2-0. Huh? Oh. Week one, they beat Florida State 41-38 in overtime. They almost let like a 24-point lead. They almost lost the lead to Florida State. And then week two, they played against Toledo, who's a good team in their conference, but... Notre Dame was a big time favorite in that game. They only won by two or three points. Yep. And again, Ian Book's not the quarterback anymore. He's in the NFL. I think he's on the Saints, maybe. Uh, that sounds right. But they have a quarterback. They they got as a transfer, and then he came in supposed to be really good. And he just hasn't looked good in these first couple games. I thought I thought Notre Dame would get off to a better start. Again, they're two and zero. But you got to beat Toledo by more than one score, in my opinion. And yeah, cost I, me some money. As it, well.
1: Okay, well, I I agree with you. I think that. The, the college football in particular is not just about winning it's about winning convincingly um and that's you know that's a topic for another day that they should probably expand the playoff field but ooh but um yeah i i i think that you know you got to win you got to win on more you can't take your foot off the pedal at all and it seems like you're right Notre Dame probably has
0: you a big college football fan no really you don't like it
1: i mean i like it it's just hard for me to you know devote like every night of the week to sports no
0: i i agree with you i mean college football is way up on the list for me college football i mean down south i go down south and all these people talk about georgia clemson alabama my friends down south that go to college they're like damn college football and just saturdays like i love football but saturday sunday i'm I'm home all day i'm a couch potato yeah, on sundays i need a day yeah saturday i mean i'm gonna wa- turn on the game if it's like a classic game like if it's a good clemson alabama game like that i'll yeah. watch the playoffs but overall, I just can't get into it as much, especially around here. We don't have the best teams either. I'm with you. BC kind of sucks. And then who else are we going to root for? UMass. UMass. They suck. I Actually, BC just played UMass. Liberty. And, yeah, around here, it's not as big. Down south, they're all college football, way more than the NFL. BU. Yeah, BU. We're going to turn on the Northeastern Huskies and watch a freaking every single Saturday game. I'd rather go to May East. All right. <laughs> I'm looking over there. All right, moving on to our last topic of conversation before we get to the important stuff. What? It has to do with soccer. All right, I heard this on the radio a couple days ago, and I'm like, ooh, interesting topic, even though I absolutely can't stand the MLS.
1: The but MLS is such a waste of time.
0: They've been talking about this for, it seems like, four or five years now. The New England Revolution currently play at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. So what? Should the Revolution move to a different stadium? But remain the New England Revolution? Yeah. Like, no. go to Boston, go to somewhere no. else. No. They no. Don't, they don't draw that good for being in Foxborough.
1: Yeah, you think they'll draw better if you build them a billion-dollar stadium? I do. It would take them a hundred years to make the money back on the stadium they built. They wouldn't be able to—they'd need a new stadium before they made the money they spent on their old stadium. It, it, no, no, definitely not.
0: Like, I think this has more to do with the New England Aren't they Patriots? owned
1: by Kraft?
0: Yeah, Kraft owns both So of them. why would they move at all? I mean cuz Kraft can afford it because the New England Patriots are a topic of conversation in Foxborough, Massachusetts. So what? No, but,
1: okay. That's, a, do you, that's Do you a... pay attention
0: to the New England Revolution? No, but that's a terrible argument. Like, I don't think that I don't think they're going to draw less fans cuz they move to like I hate to be mean, but you know a lot of these guys from like different countries, they see like in, Where are
1: they going to go? Like Brookline.
0: I I guarantee they draw more if they were closer to Boston.
1: Um why? Because of the population. If around, you lived, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because of the population around Boston and the types
0: of people that live in the I, area. That's
1: what I meant by population. The demographic. Yeah. You think the you think the Boston demographic? Will where are they going to play? Where are
0: they building a stadium in Boston? There's plenty of room. Knock down a couple of houses. <laughs> they, if they really wanted to build a stadium, you see what the Worcester Red Sox do, and yeah, they'll build one in Somerville. <laughs> no, that'd be terrible. No, I th- I think no, they really sh- I don't
1: no I don't think they should move.
0: I mean, I think this has a lot to do with me being a not a soccer fan in general, and especially being going – me and my dad used to take us to the games back in the day. I'm like, Dad – I came up to him one day. I'm like, Dad, do we have to do they this should, again?
1: They should not move, okay? They're, like, you're – as little of a Revolution fan you are
0: – Charlie Joseph, Taylor anyone Xbalman, that, anyone
1: thinks Anyone that thinks they should move is spoiled by the fact that you get to go to Gillette Stadium, spread your legs out, and watch – and watch the New England Revolution play whoever they're playing that night. You, you don't want to be cramped into some appropriate stadium for a team that has n- next to no fan base, okay? I'd
0: rather go watch the Monster Trucks than go to a Revolution game.
1: That's your—yeah, I mean, that, that's—whatever. That's a completely
0: irrelevant thing to say. No, but they don't draw that. The Revolution don't draw that well. No who cares they don't have to fill Gillette Stadium like, yeah obviously they're not going to have people in the 300 section like starting a revolution Chan. i don't even th- i think they closed the 300 section they for did. those games they
1: tarp off a lot of it but <laughs> you to see
0: like a the sport, a guy out there.
1: The, the league as a whole the mls is not very popular so i don't think moving them is is the the key okay maybe they should just get it, rid of them it would be the the better move would be to grow the team into a team that's appropriate for playing in Gillette Stadium like it, like spend the money and make and make good players come play on the New England Revolution then you might get some fans. Like you know it, what? Not, you don't have to move to where all the freaking Brazilian people live. Just that's exactly. So that I don't,
0: they, don't want to say no, it on the show, so that but that's exactly what I meant. Just so that they'll come watch soccer. Okay. Dude, you'll be having tons. You'll be having like groups of these Brazilians from the North End having dinner, being like Revolution. They'll be having like these T shirts, like signs. They'll be walking down from the North End, going to the Revolution game, and they would absolutely pack wherever the hell they're playing. Oh my god! I heard. I heard it on the radio yeah, the other day they,
1: because they wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Gillette obviously they would pack where they're playing because the place would hold 10,000 people. It wouldn't hold 60,000.
0: I just think it would be a cool thing. Like right in the center of Boston going to the... Yeah, they should have a sky
1: arena where they...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where the ball's like bouncing off the over. They're over the city.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. They should have an underwater arena because they can't find any of the freaking space for this thing. No,
0: but yeah, it does have a little... I think to me it has me being a... Not a big revolution fan whatsoever.
1: <laughs> That's such a bad question. No, they should not move.
0: I th- I don't think it would be a bad idea. Like, if they moved, yeah, you it think- would be
1: so meaningless.
0: Do you think yeah. they would lose fans? No. I don't think they'd really gain fans. Like, do you think there's a group of people in
1: Foxborough that are just,
0: like, huge revolution fans? Do you
1: think there's a group of people in Boston that are like, man, if the revolution weren't... 30 minutes away, I would be going to all these games. Like, no! Oh, I
0: guarantee you, some people don't go because they don't want to have to deal with the traffic every day. The
1: traffic? The, like, what the game isn't at 5 p.m., no, it's actually like it's
0: 7. I would. I wouldn't want to go to a game. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fine. All of the the people that live in the city. Hell sure. no. I'm sure they're like, oh yeah, I'm not driving out with city traffic to go to the revolution. But like, they're doing the same thing for the the concert of the yeah, year. Yeah, and the Foxborough like traffic's terrible they're not to get with Anything like that? It's not about the revolution. It, the, that's just like a general location failure.
0: Like, what Foxborough? Foxborough is yeah. a terrible location in general for the Patriots. If Foxborough is a they're, bad they're, location.
1: I, I guess my only response would be they're not the Boston Patriots.
0: Yeah, they're not. And they were at they, one point. Yeah, but
1: they could be playing in, like,
0: like, Nashua, and they'd still be the New England Patriots. like The Nashua Patriots. Yeah. So overall, Jake doesn't want them to move. Overall, <laughs> I... It's a meaningless thing. I would love for Gillette Stadium to be just the Patriots. And concerts you know what else i hate i walk into the patriots pro shop i look to my right i'm like oh number six john jose sanchez i'm like who the hell is that like this pro shop should just be the patriots
1: what is your you're you got a problem dude that place is huge and they probably have one little corner oh yeah, dedicated they have, like, to the yeah it, it is a tiny corner <laughs> they
0: have like they have like eight jerseys and like seven programs you're and like nuts. five of those those you, blue and red like nuts. banners you're nuts no but i walked in the pro shop the other day i'm like I thought it was, like, a Patriots player. I'm like, Jose Sanchez. Oh, yeah, the revolution player, too. Jose Sanchez. (laughs) But, yeah, that's our... you mad at me for saying Brazilian. I mean, I think it was the name. Should I look up the roster? (laughs) No. It might have been Jose, not San... I don't know. All right, let's move on to week two, because week two starts in about, what, 40 minutes? Yeah. 8.20. All right, week two. Locks, picks, upsets, bold predictions... Fantasy questions of the week. I
1: have three bold predictions this week. You're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about?
0: Really? Yeah. All right, let's get to them when we go through the games and the upsets in the lot.
1: I'm I, I'm serious. All three, you're going to be like, well, maybe not one of them. One of them is less bold. But all, I think all, like, with one of them, you're going to be like, what the f-
0: What the f- What the i I'm that so, I'm I'm so serious. You're going to say, what the f- All right, well, here we go. Thursday Tonight's night- game. Thursday night football. The Giants at the Washington football team. Who's winning?
1: I got the football team.
0: I got the Giants. So... State your case. My case. Washington's defense is a lot better, and I understand that. Yep. Going into the season, I thought Washington would finish dead last in the conference.
1: In the conference? In the division. Okay.
0: I think the Giants win this game because Daniel Jones actually performs tonight. Saquon Barkley shows that he can be over a 75-yard running back rusher in this game. And honestly... I think the Giants' defense, the Washington defense is going to get too tired because they're going to have to be on the field a whole lot. I think it's oh, a I, high. Sc- I don't think so. I think it's a higher scoring game than people think tonight. And I think the Giants are going to win this one 27 23 because Daniel Jones. Oh, that's like way high. That's what, 50? Should take you over. But I think the Giants' offense is actually going to look pretty good tonight. The offensive line is not going to be bad either. I think the Giants' offensive line is going to be the reason why they win this game. Washington only has one sack.
1: I think that's the reason why they lose this game. It. to The. Games like this are, are what you'd call, bless you, are what you'd call a battle of the trenches. You've got the real matchup for me is the offensive line of the Giants against the defensive line of the football team. <laughs> oh, God. you. And the football team to me is, is so much better defensively on the line than the Giants are on offense. Yeah, they are. Now, I, I don't, I'm not saying Saquon will have a bad game, but I think Daniel Jones is going to be pressured a lot. I, I'm I'm worried about him, you know, having time in the pocket. They they went out and got some deep ball receivers and they they kind of made a mistake in doing so because without a good offensive line, there's no time for these receivers to get downfield for big plays. So I, I worry that that's gonna happen in this game, and I, I think the Giants are gonna be pretty limited offensively.
0: You think it's a blowout?
1: No. I wouldn't say a blowout, but I think it I think it could be more than a score. Um for the for the football team. I wouldn't be like shocked if they won by like ten. Um, I think that's far more likely than the Giants winning by ten. Um and, and I I think Heineke is, you know, he's got this backup uh, oh, he's got this backup, you know shroud over him where it's like, oh yeah, Taylor Heineke's just their backup quarterback. Like, you know, he they they should lose this game. But he played a significant amount for them last year, and he—I think he's deserving of some respect. Um, he played good in the playoffs. Yeah, he was like—he's a solid quarterback. He's not like anything to you know, you know, talk shit about. Um, so I, I think he does enough. I think Terry gets involved. I li- i think Logan Thomas has a big game. The Giants seem to have issues with tight ends. Yeah, I think Logan Thomas um, will have a pretty good game. So I like Logan Thomas in this one. I think Antonio Gibson has a good game. Um, I, I think the football team is the better team.
0: Well, see, I don't like Heineke that much either. I mean, he was good in those playoffs, especially against Tom Brady's Buccaneers last season. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good game. But I really think the Giants' defense comes to play, the Giants' offense and defense come to play tonight. And bold prediction for this Heineke game:
1: Heineke and the football team gave him gave Brady a harder time than the Packers did last year.
0: Yeah, they did. And he hasn't he hasn't played an actual regular season game in a year. And again, this Giants' defense isn't spectacular. But I don't think Heineke's gonna show off like he did in those playoffs tonight. No. And Giants bold prediction for the Giants in this game, and actually for the entire game. Yeah. Darius Slayton scores the first touchdown.
1: Logan Thomas
0: scores the first touchdown. We'll see. Should put some money on it. Mm-hmm. All right. Nope. Coming up next, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We had nine one o'clock. I think it's the same schedule this week. We had nine one o'clock games last week, and we have nine one o'clock games this week. So here we go. One o'clock games for week one. Cincinnati Bengals at the Chicago Bears, who wins? I got the Bears. Jake at the Bears. I get the Bears. Should be an interesting game. It would be very interesting if Joe Burrow starts his two and up. Season 2 and up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I think that the firepower from Cincinnati is is plenty capable. I just think that the level of defense they're playing this week is much higher than last week. Revenge game. Um, yeah, and this is the Andy Dalton revenge game as as I said it earlier this week in our our football group chat. Yeah. Um, this is the Andy Dalton revenge game. So I think that Chicago takes this one. Yeah, I think Chicago takes the this defense one, for, I'm, I'm a big defensive guy this year. I think that the defense is the difference
0: here. All right. 1 o'clock, Houston at the Cleveland Browns. Again, Cleveland, their defense didn't look too great last week. But, again, they're playing against Patrick Mahomes. Cleveland takes this game.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. No Odell, but I don't think it'll matter. Be a shock. Watch out for Nick Chubb to get 150-plus.
0: Yeah, and maybe Kareem Hunt to get 75-plus. Yeah, right. He'll probably be running a lot if it's a blowout. All right, next up, pretty good 1 o'clock game here. The Rams, who we saw Matthew Stafford make his debut on Sunday Night Football against Carson Wentz, an Indianapolis Colts team that really didn't look too good. The Colts are a team that do not want to start the season 0-2, but I think they're going to.
1: I think they are also. I think that the Rams, you know, prove they're a pretty solid team. And... Indy, maybe they bounce back from last week, but I, I'm not sure. So, so, I like the Rams here. So, me and Jake
0: disagreed on five games last week. So far, only More. one so far. We'll see if that changes with the next one. The Buffalo Bills are at the Miami Dolphins. Miami do you really
1: think it's going to change here?
0: No, Buffalo's going to win.
1: Buffalo's going to win. I am
0: game. very confident that Buffalo will win this game. So, you know what that means?
1: That's your lock? Ding,
0: ding, ding. That's my lock of the week. The Buffalo Bills oh, are my lock, lock of the week. In.
1: Oh, um, I have two upsets this week.
0: They already two already upsets of past the game. Week.
1: No, we didn't do it yet. No, oh, should we wait? Yeah,
0: right. I just wanted to make that a two point. upsets a week. I got two upsets of the week. Well, last week we're both one and on our upset picks, right? Yep, but I got my lock wrong. All right, so my lock is the Rams. All right, we're good, sir, right now. Buffalo over wait, Miami. You're
1: using the the Rams as a lock
0: twice. No, Buffalo. Oh, okay. So Buffalo is my lock of the week. Next up, the Patriots at the Jets. We already talked about this at the beginning of the show. We'd both be surprised if the Patriots lose this game. Yeah. Mac Jones. Mac Jones looking for his first regular season, one of his career. Patriots on the road.
1: They both are.
0: Yeah, that's, that is true. All right, next up. This could be a game we disagree on. It might not be. San Francisco at the Eagles. I have Philly winning this game against San Francisco. I'd like to use my lock of the week and say San Francisco
1: takes this one.
0: Wow. So Jake at San Francisco. I get Philly. I just think San Francisco's defense is good. But what I saw from Jalen Hurts last week is something that I really, really was impressed by. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to continue to do that. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have it'd a be, tough, it'd be tough time.
1: if the Eagles go
0: 2-0. I think Jimmy G is going to have a tough time with this Eagles defense. A lot of pressure on this O-line. It's going yeah, to be a it's good a game. Solid,
1: it's a solid D. This is Whole a good game. Both teams have good defense.
0: So two games we disagree on so far
1: mm-hmm.
0: What was my upset. Oh, yeah. My upset pick of the week was the Giants, by the way. Okay. So my upset of the week is the Giants game tonight. Next up, we got Las Vegas coming off a big-time victory at a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's coming off a big-time victory. So both these teams are 1-0. I have the Steelers winning this game at home.
1: Yeah, I got the Steelers here too. Like, I, like I've been saying about Oakland, it, I'm going to sound like a broken record. They, they're inconsistent. They play differently every week. Um, I can't trust them to play like they did against Baltimore again. At least not the week after they do it, so I think Pittsburgh takes care of it pretty easily.
0: All right, next up, final two one o'clock games. New Orleans Saints trying to go to two and zero, traveling to Carolina, face Tim Darnold. Who do you got? I got the
1: Saints in this one. Um, I think the defense is better. I think the offense is better. I think Ooh. the coaching is better. Um, I I think the Saints take care of this one pretty easily.
0: Adam thinks the Giants will lose by fifty. Adam Feinberg, first comment of the show week fifty five. Welcome yeah, to welcome. Facebook. Only took you a year. Yeah. I know. So you got the Saints. I have the Saints beating Carolina in this game. I think Jameis Winston has a chance to throw for at least four more touchdowns in this one.
1: Damn, you think he's gonna have nine through two games? That's huge.
0: Bold prediction of the week: Jameis Winston has. I'll go with eight. He'll throw three in this game. Not really a bold prediction. That's not bold. All right, Jameis throws for three touchdowns. I get the Saints winning this start game. Start of
1: the year through two weeks, he'll throw eight. I mean, that's bold.
0: Saints are winning this game against Carolina. Yeah. Last one o'clock game of the week: Denver Broncos traveling to Jacksonville. To face Trevor Lawrence, will Trevor Lawrence get his first win of his career? My answer to that is no.
1: No, he will not. Denver's defense is too strong.
0: Adam says Winston MVP. Adam
1: Kyler will be the
0: MVP. Adam, have you smoked before? Because you might.
1: Kyler will be the MVP. Sorry, Adam.
0: Sorry, Adam. Um, yeah, I get Denver winning this game against Jacksonville. I don't think I don't think the Jacksonville defense is going to have a very, very good game, especially the way Teddy Bridgewater no, can but play. It's the
1: running game for me.
0: What Melvin Gordon?
1: It's it was very solid.
0: He had over 100 yards week one. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, he had one really big run. But
0: Jacksonville's defense is brutal. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a very tough time with the Denver Broncos defense as well. Very Agreed. good defense. Agreed. Next up, two games at 405. We have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Arizona to face Kyler Murray. I don't think Minnesota has a shot to win this one.
1: I don't think so either. I got Arizona here, and um, my first bold prediction of three. This week. This one is the one that I thought you would say, what the F. You ready? Yeah. James Conner will get in the end zone
0: twice. Really? Yeah. That wouldn't be good for Chase Edmonds.
1: James Conner will get in the end zone twice. Where
0: did that come from? Did you, like, Google? My brain. James Conner. Came from my brain. All right, so that's your bold prediction. My bold prediction for the week, and I I already passed it, but Mac Jones will throw for three touchdowns or more and throw for... At least 275 yards in this game. No way. Three touchdowns and 275-plus for Mac Jones. But that's my bold prediction. That's my only one I made. So we both have Arizona winning and covering. Next up at 4.05, Atlanta's at Tampa Bay. This is a game that could be the biggest blowout of the week.
1: Probably will be. I guess Tampa
0: Bay. Tampa Bay's going to have no problem with Atlanta in this game. I don't see how Atlanta keeps up with Tampa Bay at all on either end of the football. 425 games now. We get the Dallas Cowboys traveling to L.A. to face the Chargers. This is a game that could be a very entertaining offensive game. I have the Cowboys winning this one on the road.
1: Yeah, me too. That's one of my upsets of the week, one of my two upsets. I got Dallas taking down the Chargers.
0: So Dallas, again, the Chargers I don't, know, I don't know why
1: they're underdogs. I think Dallas is a better team.
0: Yeah, they are. I don't know. I really don't know why either. I think Dallas does win this That game. offense is it's crazy. did they just lose someone? Oh, yeah, Michael Gallup's not playing this week, but oh. it really won't matter. Oh. And next up. Final four twenty five game of the week might be. It'll we, be I, a big. It'll be. A good it's probably game. the second best game of the week. Tennessee at Seattle. I was going back and forth a little bit. It was one of couldn't, those games you couldn't sleep. It was one of those games. I, I, I up had up trouble sleeping. I was up all night, twisting and turning. I was like, "Oh, Ryan Tannehill, I gotta go move to the other side." Russell Wilson and I stayed on that side for the night. I went with Russell Wilson, the Seahawks. I think they're too tough, especially for this Titans defense handle.
1: I'm. Uh, I'm picking another upset. I got the Tennessee Titans winning this no game. No way. Yes way. Tress way.
0: Tress way. Tress I think
1: way? And, and my second bold prediction of the week is Derrick Henry will have over 160 yards
0: oh. on the ground. Oh, count. my God. I mean, 160. I think he's going to have under 100. Nope. Seattle's going to win this game. DK Metcalf will get in the end zone. Tyler Lockett will get in the end zone.
1: Julio's going to get in the end zone.
0: I think it's going to be Derrick
1: Henry. I don't know what the over is on Anthony this game. Fisker. Ferkser. Ferksker. I don't know
0: what the over is on this game, but I would take it. What is Cameron, it? Anybody know? I don't know. Ten. Well would we know? Yeah, Seattle. Um, I think Seattle's going to win this game. Minus five and a half. Tennessee. I don't know. All right, Sunday Night Football. This is our game of the week right here. We got two great offensive teams. Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City was very good in week one. Baltimore was not too great in week one. Kansas City on the road. I'm taking Mahomes and the Chiefs.
1: I'm taking Mahomes and the Chiefs, too, and, I, and I'm ready to give out my third and final bold prediction of the week. What, Mahomes throws for five touchdowns? Nope. Well, maybe. I don't know. But you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? The Kansas City Chiefs will win this game by a minimum of 17 points. Whoa.
0: No way. I don't think so. Why not? I just think... Baltimore keeps within 14.
1: Nope.
0: All right, so Kansas City, 17 points. 17 points. Jake's looking for a Sunday night blowout with Michelle Tafoya and the crew.
1: Yeah, and Carrie Underwood.
0: Yeah, that's, the, that's a special moment. Every I love week. that every week. Saturday night, I go to bed. I wake up Sunday morning like, you know what tonight is? We'll get to Carrie Underwood for about 20 seconds. All right, Monday night they football. They it
1: longer. It's like a minute now. I wonder
0: why. Yeah. More people will watch the pregame, or at least the beginning of the show. Jesus, that's an unbelievable moment. All right, Monday Night Football. The Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. If Green Bay loses this game, there's going to be yeah, they're a screwed. lot, I got, a lot of people I got talking. Green
1: Bay taking this one. I think that this is the uh, R-E-L-A-X game.
0: They should put, like Tennessee or Seattle on Monday Night Football this week.
1: They can't make it the best game every
0: week. Yeah, they can't. This should be a blowout. Again, Jared Goff and Detroit... They scored some the points in week one. Better
1: bury this team.
0: They have to, especially after the offseason with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Yeah. He might not report to training camp. He gets his ass blown away in week one.
1: His whole ass is gone.
0: If Green Bay loses this game in week two, they're screwed. It's gonna be this is gonna be the talk of the next Jordan Love week. becomes the starter. Yeah, I mean it's not gonna happen. Green Bay can't lose this game and they won't lose this game. So last week me and Jake disagreed with five. This week we only disagree with three. So tonight's a big game. Washington, the San Francisco-Philly game, and then the Tennessee-Seattle game. So if I win this game tonight, we're back tied in the win, co- win column. If the Giants lose. And the loss column. Yeah, same thing. Same column. Right. So my locks, the Bills, upsets, the Giants, bold predictions, Mac Jones. Game of the week is Casey Baltimore. Survivor pick of the week is the Patriots. Your survivor pick of the week is – oh, yeah, you're up. Sorry. All right, that, that's week two. Those are the locks. Those are the picks. Those are the bold predictions. Matthew Doran. Thanks, Thanks, man. I almost ended the show without mentioning your fantasy question of the week. I'm sorry, but you know what? I just remembered. But we're
1: here for you just in time because the game has not started yet.
0: Matt Doran, fantasy question of the week. He even sent me his roster. In my league, I was offered Antonio Brown and Miles Sanders for Ezekiel Elliott. Do I take it? Absolutely freaking not. He hasn't even seen his roster yet.
1: You, no, I don't need to see the roster, okay? Yeah, hell no. No freaking way. I will almost guarantee that you went out and sped a first-round pick on Ezekiel Elliott. You're really going to give that up for some guy's 10th and his 4th or 5th? I don't know when you get Sanders. But no, absolutely not. You give up a, the the ceiling player here. This guy is Yeah, no is way. A, I don't, don't take week one into account, okay? Like— I get, I get that. Antonio Brown at 100 yards and whatever. Yeah, got it. got me end zone. And the Eagles looked good, but they were playing the Falcons. And Ezekiel Elliott just happened to be playing the best rush defense in the NFL. And it, they were forced to pass the ball an insane amount. And Tony Pollard was involved in the passing game because of it. I don't care. Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott. He's behind one of the best offensive lines in the game. And he will get his. Do, you cannot give up on a guy like that after one week, especially for Miles Sanders and Antonio Brown.
0: No way. Yeah, Matt, I looked at your roster real quick, and your receivers are already Tyler Lockett and Tyreek Hill, so you don't have a problem there. You got James Robinson as one of your running backs. You
1: don't need Antonio Brown. You have
0: Ezekiel Elliott, and you will also have Kareem Hunt. I mean, you're set. This roster set. I wouldn't even give it much thought, like Jake said. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't great in week you one. You should
1: be the team offering these two-for-ones to, to bolster your team. You don't—, you don't Trade for depth right now. Yeah, and
0: Ezekiel Elliott wasn't great in Week One, but again, you played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, and the schedule is going to get lighter from here on out. Ezekiel Elliott's going to be a top ten running back when it's all said and done. And Miles Sanders, I don't think will be. And Antonio Brown, you can throw Week One in the trash because he's not going to do that again. So don't he might trade. do it
1: again, but I, I but it's it's sporadic. You you don't know when this is coming. Like I'm not. He's not going to do that every week. Ezekiel Elliott has a chance to play like that every week.
0: Yeah, don't do it. Only way I do this trade is if like you have inside information that Ezekiel is going to like tear his ACL. Yeah, or, or Tony it.
1: Pollard's the new starter.
0: Yeah, but yeah, Matt, if you're still listening, don't do it, man. Don't get fooled. Don't get fooled by the Chris. Don't Keerans.
1: overreact. Yeah, seriously.
0: But yeah, that's week two, Matt. I wish you the best of luck in fantasy, along with everybody else. It's going to be a fun week. Giants, Washington. You know what? enough of the football team. The Giants-Redskins game begins in about 25 minutes. So get to action. Week two, Thursday night football is about to begin. Get your remote controls, get your clickers, get your TVs, get your headsets, get your wheelchairs, get your chairs, get Get whatever you need to do. Get your
1: popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. As Terrell Owens would say.
0: Yeah. Week two starts now. Week 55 of all the balls ends now. And that's the show. So we'll see you next week for week 56. Hopefully the Patriots can beat the Jets. Hopefully, you win in fantasy football. Hopefully, you do good betting this week. And hopefully, the New York Giants show what's up tonight. We'll see you guys no. next week. See ya. All the balls.